video check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. Don't stop. He's what you get with his f- Honestly. I've gussed I've absolutely gussed I enjoy this so f- much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is a wild weekend in F1 racing, and that's why we do this podcast. Welcome into the Mode Push podcast, Alex Keery, my co-host, Dan Jimenez, as we are uh, coming to you now, episode 19, and we're almost 20 uh, deep into this thing. And uh, we're rookie drivers at this, but uh, it's been it's been a fun ride so far, Dan. So uh, welcome to your weekend. I think you said it. Before we were uh, in the in the uh, in the planning here, and I was like, I don't know if I I don't know if I want to go that far. But you said it's the race of the year so far. I mean, in terms of competitiveness, a whole weekend, I guess. Are we talking about the the entirety of the full weekend? K Mag's, uh, you know, uh, pole oh, position, yeah. all those things. So it all added up for you to being the most exciting weekend for you. Oh yeah, it's, I think start to finish had the most drama, and uh, I, I loved it. The on track. Uh, racing was great. Like it, it was awesome to see these guys just battling side by side for the you know the entirety of the race. And I, um, I mean, I remember Brazil being you know a competitive track, but that was more than you know I felt like maybe we even had in past years. So perhaps it's you know the intended uh, the intent of the new design of the cars that really helped uh, play into that, so that cars could follow each other. But Man, it was I could hardly look away all weekend. The sprint race was super entertaining, and then the the uh, the the Sunday race just from the drop of the green flag uh, felt like um, there were guys passing every time they cut the shot to uh, you know a new set of cars. It was a lot of fun. I looked at this uh, whole thing across the board, and it was a fun weekend in terms of. You know, the unpredictability that you get with some of the weather stuff, and, and, and we saw it on Friday, and then K-Mag was able to uh, to put the American Haas team on pole for the first time. I don't know. Is that, that's got to be their first pole ever, right? I mean, the entire that, – Yeah. Oh, that's got to yeah. be their first pole, uh, K-Mag's first pole. And, you know, he's fighting his butt off in that sprint race too. And I was just like, oh, just, you know, <laughs> let the guy – but I was just – the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just going, don't fall out of the points. So at the very least – uh, he got himself a point out of yeah, um, out of the, out of the uh, out of the sprint race, and then of course because F one is F one, uh, he gets out of the race in what the second turn or in, at least in the first lap. It was just it was a, it was yeah. an ugly uh, it was a, it was a bad move by Danny Rick, and it was it was it was dumb, and 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 it yeah. ended up putting he and K Mag both out of the race, and so that was annoying to kind of watch. But I, of all the storylines over the weekend, you have George Russell. I don't want to ignore George's first uh, F one. Uh, race win. That was a big deal. And and he wins the sprint as well. So he wins the sprint. He wins the race. I mean, that's yeah, a perfect weekend. Except for the fact that like he looked he looked like garbage in that uh in that Q three, like in that spin that he had, it it and it was the thing that kind of ruined everybody else's uh, you know, ability to be able to uh, you know, stick a good lap in there and and put themselves ahead of uh Kevin Magnuson. But I wouldn't have thought that out of a guy beaching it in on Friday would have come uh, a a sprint race win and the race win. Mercedes finally gets this one two for the season. Its first race win of the entire se- in, 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 of the entire year. Could you imagine at the beginning of the year going? Yeah, they probably won't win a race in, until uh, November. You know, in Brazil. <laughs> so 
that was a cool storyline for me because George has just been like phenomenal, like just being that, you know, and he's, and he's, he's a bit of a nerd, right? Like he's, he's just like this workhorse, uh, you know, try hard. I'm not trying to say those things like uh, like uh, they sound mean, right? Like he's a sweet guy. Oh, what a That's sweet spirit! True, yeah. You know? But but like he's not the cool guy on that team, and people who are cheering for for Mercedes AMG are not cheering for George Russell most of the time. They're they're cheering for uh, the champ for uh, for Lewis Hamilton, yeah. and so for him to finally get that win. I mean, he was shorted so many times before this, you know, when he got that uh, chance to sit in that Mercedes seat last year. Um, you know, in the one-off race, and then he was he had that thing in the bag, and then he just had that bad luck puncture and all that stuff. So the guy had it coming, and he's certainly talented enough to put himself at the front of the grid. What on earth is going on with this Mercedes car now? Because there's this little part of me, Dan, that goes, well, crap, I don't want to get – I mean, I, I don't want Red Bull to run away with next year either, but I don't want this to turn into, oh, Mercedes figuring it out and going another eight, eight years in a row of winning the Constructors' Championship uh, after this year. Yeah, that was the story of the weekend that, you know, Mercedes was dominant. They, you know, Red Bull, like, you know, there were, they had some bad luck, you know, Max scrapped with Lewis in the race, but at no point um, was Red Bull, you know, faster than, than Mercedes. Right. Um, so, yeah, and you heard it in the post-race, Max talking about, you know, and Sergio both talking about tire degradation that, that was just – Usually um, this year, that's been something that they've had the advantage on that they've been able to hold onto their tires better than the other teams. But uh, this weekend, that wasn't the case. Mercedes was uh, and Ferrari. I felt like we're both better on tires than uh, Red Bull was, and so they've got to figure out why that is. Um, I'm trying to think what is what could possibly be unique about Brazil that's so different than the tracks we've been to recently. It's a man. It's a lot of turning. I, you know, I would say as a percentage of the total lap, the, they're putting lateral G into that car more than probably most other tracks that are like long straight tight corner long straight tight corner where um brazil is just like almost like uh it's like like almost like a corkscrew right it's uh like they're always turning so something about that played into mercedes hands and um man it'd be crazy you know if they you know can follow it up with another win next weekend i think that's going to put a um a, a new spin on the off season to um see like hey are we going to have you know two or three i think uh binotto said um you know something to the effect this weekend of Mercedes is back and they're going to be fighting for the championship next year. So uh, I, I think that's great. I think it's good for the sport to have more, more competition. Poor than, Ferrari than saw this year. Poor Ferrari. Like they've already been forgotten. They had such a promise at the beginning of the year. And then Bonotto's going, eh, they could be champions again. You know, like, he's just yeah, over there. He's like, already hedging cr- it. Yeah. He's, he's crying himself to sleep in that big silk red pillow of his uh, on the plane back to Abu Dhabi. But I mean, the, right. the thing about, I was thinking about this with Red Bull because, I mean, we think about this all the time in the context of like American sports where we go, hey, they're on this amazing, you know, world championship team. They probably get along, you know, like they love each other, man. Like you see them high fiving each other and and, uh, hugging each other on the track. But, you know, it's not always it's not always roses. And I think that this is a weird thing because when Max ends up not. Uh, just ignoring the team orders of, hey, let's let Checo through here. Uh, he ignores it. Checo gets pissed about it, and he should because – and Christian Horner, the poor guy, has to bat, hey, he has to babysit these feelings of everybody. Is it like a pretty set – is it a set thing that it was, oh, it's because – is it just everybody assuming? He said he had, quote-unquote, his reasons for not letting him through. And so I'm like, why have these little back and forths where you guys are – 
You mean it's that it's that kind of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen thing where while it's going, you guys you're going, this these guys are awesome, and then you hear later Scottie Pippen freaking hated Michael Jordan, and and that's what we're kind of getting right now is. Checko's on the radio before, and you know the team. I love this, Dan, when they do this in the race, when they go, uh, we'll talk about it in the debrief. You know, like, and they're going, <laughs> what that is, is shut the heck up right here. I do not talk right now about, about like, don't say Let's anything see, stupid. Yeah. And he couldn't help himself. Checko ends up having to be like, I guess he shows who he really is, you know, and you're going, dude, <laughs> I know the team is just like, ah, Horner's having to babysit these guys. And so, you can't just – these guys are the world champs, right? I mean, these guys are the constructor teams. Right? You have the world champion right there. But it felt – I don't know if this is like the kind of thing where Max feels like I'm graduating to Michael Schumacher level here. I'm a world mm-hmm. champ, and also I'm really, really hard to get along with on the on the racetrack. I don't freaking care who you are. And he's a nice guy, but when he's in that, when he's in that, uh, when he's in that cockpit, he becomes a totally different person. Yeah, uh, that is a, a, I think, a very interesting theory. I, before the weekend, if you had asked, you know, what uh, pair of drivers, you know, are probably the closest uh, friends on the grid or, or you know, at least get along, I, you know, probably would have put Max and Sergio up there for as much as, you know, Max has praised Sergio in the past when Sergio has helped him win those championships. But, um, man, super surprising that Max... Uh, didn't uh, let Sergio pass, and it sounds like that that this is stemming from some sort of beef that Max has from earlier in the season, um, possibly related to back to Monaco back in May. Uh, if you recall, the um, Sergio spun uh, in one of the corners right before they go underneath the casino, I think, mm-hmm. and, and through that tunnel. It's a real low speed corner, and if you go back and watch the video now. He's breaking into it, and then he just pops the throttle in the middle of the corner and spins the car into the wall and then qualifies over, and he starts the race in front of Max and goes on to win the race. And so everyone's speculating that Sergio, um, or there are rumors that Sergio has con- since confessed that he did that on purpose, pissed Max off, and Max <laughs> he probably had told his team and his engineers that, look, I'm going to get that guy back at some point. Maybe and by we'll- winning the championship. Maybe that's the way you win it. Like, like, come on, dude. Like, I'm going to yeah. get him back at Interlagos. I'm going to pip him for fifth place, dude. Like, we watch. Uh, it's going to mean nothing to our team, but I'm going to go in there. <laughs> like, it's, it's so just, petty. It's so stupid. So petty. And this is the it's, part it where is stupid. The, the teammate thing does is hard to wrap your brain around, I think, uh, in F1 sometimes to go, what are these guys teammates? Like, this is the, I mean, Red Bull, this is certainly isn't the uh, first go around for, for Christian Horner to have to deal with, you know, these massive personalities. Every one of these teams. I was trying to think about it. Who wins worst teammate of the of the weekend award? Is it Max for ignoring those team orders? Is it Lance Stroll for almost putting the old man into the freaking oh gosh, wall on that Lance. straight? What is going on with o- that freaking or guy? Ocon. Or Ocon. I mean, yes. I mean, Fernando. Like, <laughs> this was the weekend of teammates just like, oh, man, Alonzo's comments about, I, I don't know if you saw, like, after um, he got back around Ocon, he called him like a, you know, see a bad boy or something like that. He made some sort of comment of like, I'm like, I'm going to pass you for the last time as right. your teammate. But, uh, I never want to see you The other one, again. yeah. And then you kind of go, oh, maybe that's why he, uh, in the in the cloak of darkness during the summer break, just went, I'm going to a new team. It had nothing to do with the car that he was in. Because we we're like, why would you do that? You have this more competitive car. You're going to freaking Aston Martin, where now he's going to have to deal with basically the same thing. A uh, like a bratty teammate who is just talented enough to think that they're amazing and they're actually not. And uh, in Lance Stroll's case, when he 
came across and put Seb on the grass, you're going, hey, listen, dude, this guy's got three races left. You put him on the freaking grass Seriously. on the straightaway. That is so dumb. And, yeah, I was trying to – I was, like, thinking. I was going, okay, between Esteban Alcon and uh, Lance Stroll – and uh, Max Verstappen, who the worst teammate of the weekend was, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a Sophie's choice on that one because <laughs> either way, one stealing points from another guy for no reason for a beef that no one actually knew was going on except for him and his head. The other guys were just exactly putting their putting their tires into their teammates' cars. It's just so freaking weird. But anyway, and, and then you had, um, and then you have Charles asking for um, Sergio or not Sergio, sorry, uh, for Carlos, yeah. Um, yeah, for Carlos to give up a spot, like saying, you know, think of the championship. It's like, dude, you <laughs> do not expect Carlos <laughs> to give up his podium. Right. And, you know, but, but you then did. it wasn't Carlos that said no. The team just came back to Charles and said, no. no, it's too risky. Right. And so Charles has, you know, again, beef with his team for, but I, I think that that's expecting too much. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Charles, like one heck of a drive from going, you know, getting punted into the wall by Lando to coming back and finishing fourth, like, that's pretty incredible. Well, and like, Alonzo, you, you had the same yeah. thing. You had you had Fernando, who uh, Fernando goes what starts 18th on the grid and ends up uh, f- uh, fifth, I think, on the day. no, not fifth, uh, seventh. You know, I mean, like a tremendous drive from him. That just shows the guys that have like that, that kind of veteran leadership as well. But I mean, th- those were this is one race. This is one race where this is happening, and these none of these guys were at the front. You know, like even Max and, and Checo, you're going, mm-hmm. dude, you guys have a lot more to worry about. The fact that you guys, as soon as you came around a corner and you have a straight, you guys were getting hunted down by Mercedes all friggin' weekend. That's concerning. And and uh, yeah. and I'm sure that they're looking at this thing and they're going, hey, are we going to be able to steal back this, uh, you know, the, this thing? Because if, if Mercedes has figured something out and then 2023 comes around and Toto is just going – I'm back, and we're back, and you guys have no shot against these dudes. I mean, maybe – I don't know. I, I I would hate for it to be another just like – I don't want Red Bull to dominate. and I, I just want there to be competitive races like this every weekend. What did we say? I think we said this about Dal- or about uh, Austin. We were like, I want a race like that every weekend. Let's have an Austin yeah. every weekend. And then this weekend, we, and then we have uh, Mexico in the middle where we go, I could go without Mexico the rest of this way. And then yeah. we go, give me Interlagos every freaking weekend. Uh, it was just, it was a fantastic week. And I think it was helped by the sprint. I think the sprint was uh, like yeah. the, the fact that guys put their elbows out in the race, like that race was a race. There were guys pushing each other around. People were locking up in every freaking first corner. And I, I just thought I was uh, really excited about the fact that those guys showed up and uh, everything's been decided kind of, you know, to an extent. But there were, there were guys uh, proving themselves this weekend. Mercedes gets a one, two. Uh, even Lewis was like, I think, I think that they were wondering what was going to happen. They, they let those guys fight, and to George's credit, uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton. I think lesser people would have, uh, you know, Lewis would have chased him down. But uh, credit to George, he got his first win because uh, the team was not saying do whatever you want. It was, I mean, the team wasn't saying, hey, let George win. It was you guys race, and he did, and they did, and uh, and it was still George on top. So I was happy for him. Yeah, when that safety car came out and it brought a bunch of the field back up, I thought that Lewis was going to be able to get George because Lewis is so good there um, at uh, at Interlagos. And um, yeah, so I think even more credit to to George that he had to fight off his you know teammate in same equipment, um, and he he really did not put a tire wrong other than qualifying when he 
stuck it in the dirt. Um, and he became, he became Russell, the wilderness explorer from tribe. What was it from, from tribe 74? Yeah. He just went like flying into uh, the dirt and beached himself. But other than that, he had a flawless weekend. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun one to watch. And I think just overall now things get really interesting because you go to Abu Dhabi and, uh, I think everybody's, you know, kind of looking forward to whatever, whatever the things are that come out in this next race. And, 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 you know, all the things that have happened over this weekend, I saw when they had those uh, historic vehicles that they were doing the uh, the lap on, and and uh, Mick Schumacher was riding around with uh, with Seb on the back seat, like it was yeah. you know like he was the chairman of the board, which frankly he kind of is. <laughs> I had this like feeling of oh, this really sucks that Mick Schumacher, like he's just being already sort of just cast aside, and like I said, we have, we have guys like Lance Stroll who are uh, you know garbage teammates you know that that are going to yeah. be that are going to still be on the grid and it just there's some confusing parts of this but uh i you know i'm looking forward to next year and we're going to have a couple races obviously to still be able to talk about what that's going to look like but uh pretty promising this is the kind of races like this i think bring the kind of newish american uh or new f1 crowd you know and 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 the united states has the largest kind of booming population of that uh, of the new fan, you know, I, th- it's a race weekend like this that is massively helpful, I think, to be able to kind of push that forward because when you have the races that end with uh, somebody up by a minute and 48 seconds, then it's not nearly as fun. And, and uh, when it's already wrapped up on, you know, lap 30 or whatever, then it's not as fun. But to see that side stuff where everybody's fighting over one another, that that's the kind of race I think that, that really draws in the new fan. Yeah, the drama continues well after the checkered flag, you know, getting on Twitter and be like, wait, what did Max just say? Why did he say that? What's going on post-race? Like, feels like there's, um, you know, as much excitement as, you know, when they get back to the paddock. And so um, I'm, I'm totally with you. Back to Mick Schumacher, I, you know, I was impressed. Like, he, um, you know, obviously he, he kind of got hosed a bit with a, by the team on, on the tire strategy during qualifying. Mm-hmm. So he didn't make, you know, he was in tw- qualified dead last in 20th and then made up seven spots or eight spots in uh, the sprint race while Magnuson lost, you know, almost the equivalent. And then, you know, he came back for, uh, he finished 13th. So not, you know, not in the points, but yeah, like, like you said, there are other uh, folks on the grid that I would prefer to trade out for Mick to keep him in the sport. So we'll see. It's not finalized yet, but there are definitely lots of uh, rumors around um, Hulkenberg coming back. And then um, Logan Sargent got time this weekend in, I think, FP1. Um, so that helps him towards his super license point needs. So just as a reminder, Logan is the American driver joining Williams next year, but he needs to get uh, the, uh, the kind of minimum level of super license points. And so he's coming up on the last F2 race of the, of the season next week at Abu Dhabi. So pay attention to that. And as long as he finishes at least fifth in the standings, and I think he's currently in third, then um, you know he'll be racing an f1 next year so that'll be a, a lot of fun to have that american driver to to be cheering for i'm sure that uh we'll probably see more you know anytime you have a, a push like this when will there be kind of an american wave of of uh of drivers because you know at some point this was a sport that felt very american even in the beginning even though the fia has always been a, you know like a french body you know that that's governed the sport but you know uh you think about in the Indianapolis 500 and how that was part of that F1 kind of uh, beginnings and, and, and American drivers were a huge part of that. And then at some point it just kind of fell away and became more of a uh, of a European sport than it did an American one. Does this create a wave 
where you see the popularity not just go up like, uh, hey, this is kind of a fun little niche thing here. I don't know. What do you, what do you compare this to in terms of sports that are on the rise in America? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. It's, I mean, ESPN saying that the viewership on uh, Formula One is growing like 50% year over year. It's the fastest growing um, sport uh, on ESPN. And, you know, with three races in the States next year, I mean, that's, that's insane that one country gets three races, but you only have one driver. Um, I think that, you know, Formula One and then all the teams see the business uh, potential and opportunity there to have an American driver on their team. And hopefully Colton Herta can get, you know, super license points. I think they need to just reassess uh, that whole system is so that the series that these guys actually Americans run in, you know, uh, IndyCar or wherever, um, actually have a have a fighting chance of being able to qualify uh, to to uh, race in F1 instead of having to like move over to Europe and race F2 is the only being the only path. So I think it's going to come soon. Um, I think in the next uh, five years, um, I, I bet you'll get Colton Herta and maybe, you know, a, another American driver in there. And, um, you know, it'd be a lot more than what we've had for the last 30 years. Uh, I'm just, I'm still reading some of the uh, dramatics in the radio on the radio uh, messages and uh, just, just how ridiculous some of these things were uh, that were going back and forth because his race engineer said, Max, let Checo through, please, Max. And then when he didn't, uh, he said, Max, what happened? And then uh, Verstappen says, I told you already last time. Are we clear about that? I gave my reasons and I stand by that. Don't ask me that question anymore. And so there's something like that is way uh, – <laughs> Like there's something I don't think it's just Monaco. I think there's something else, and and, and you know we'll demonize these guys and let's let Netflix uh, really make let's let Netflix really get a hold of this one, and let's I let can't ne- wait for this. Episode. Oh my gosh, and <laughs> you know it's going to be a lot of like the uh, you know the, the 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 race messages that are that are you know kind of bent around in different directions so that we really think that they hate each other. <laughs> I know it's it's a it's a massively passionate thing. These guys probably get off of the track and they go, "Hey, listen, it's nothing personal against you." In this case, though, it feels a lot like it when you have to say that. And then when when Checo responds with a, "Hey, you know what? Um, this is, uh, you know, uh, oh, thank you for that, guys. Thank you." When he's that was the that was the one that got me because his his engineer reached <laughs> reached out and goes, "Okay, so Max will let you through." And then nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. The race goes over and he goes, "Hey, thank you for that, guys. Thank you." Shows who he really is. And you I just I love that <laughs> stuff. Like there is no version of this that we have where you're like on the same team, but we are getting these radio but messages. Not. Yes, and like but still fighting against one another. So uh, I think a lot of people did not – there might be people who are like, oh, I'm okay with Max being a champion. I think a lot of people jumped on the can't-stand-Max uh, train, and I, I think that's going to keep going too. And if he keeps winning, it gets even worse because people just get grumpy at uh, at the guy who's hard to hard to race. But there's probably a reason he's number one in the world too because he just he's a massive competitor, an insane competitor, and at any level. Like I don't care what sport it is. The thing that you find out about all these guys at the top is how much of an insane competitor they are, how they can't turn it off. There's no version of them term- turning it off, and uh, you know you see it. At, you see it at every level of of, uh, of sports, and so I, I don't think it's any different for F1. If we had radio messages for uh, on during soccer matches and during uh, football, I mean we we get the wired you know helmet stuff from the guys in these football games, but uh, you're not peeking in the locker room, and there's a reason because there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that. Uh, 
would kind of sink teams in terms of uh, you know that look for their fan base. So I, I'm like on the one hand I go what a what a dork, and on the other hand I go <laughs> you know these guys are competitive for a reason and they're yeah, the top. I for mean a reason. Lewis Lewis had his moments uh, back in the day when he was fighting for those you know seven oh. championships and going up against uh, uh, you know his teammates. So I forgot yeah, about I, Lewis. I think- Lewis this weekend, did you see that whole thing about, like, somebody asked him, they were like, hey, what about, two, you know, how do you compare this that 2008 race, or the 2008 championship race to the 2021? Or he goes, well, 2021 wasn't rigged. Like, that out that outcome in 2008 wasn't rigged, but last year, obviously, somebody wanted a certain outcome, and that's what you got. I'm like, oh, my yeah. gosh, this guy's <laughs> accusing the entire sport of, of, of cheating for this one guy for him not to win. And you go, but he could say kind of whatever he wants because he's freaking yeah. Lewis Hamilton. He'll believe that till the day he dies for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think this is Max coming of uh, age a bit, and that he is the two-time world champ. He's he's the big dog on the grid, and you know he is going to put his foot down for whatever he thinks is, uh, I guess, important in terms of kind of stating his place on the team. And I, I think that he did lose some fans today. I, you know, I I've always been kind of like a. You know, when Max was winning last year and, and dethroning, you know, Mercedes and their dominance, I was a big Max fan. And then this year, he's like, oh, yeah, he's winning a lot, whatever. And then now I'm kind of like, oh, he's kind of a okay, but hold on, punk. But hold on, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one out there, and it's hard to know. But and the racing was a little bit different. But there was still that team aspect in the back and forth, and, and you have the team thing, and then you have like the uh, the individual racer. So because we were in Brazil for today. What would Senna do? Would Senna go? Mm. Sure, I'll let him through. <laughs> Why not? Like, is honestly, is that an Ayrton I, I Senna can, thing to do? I, I, I just don't remember team orders being as big of a deal back then. I have to go back and look, but I, I don't remember. Like, everyone wants to babysit feelings and 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 singular points here and there, but like, honestly, you ask the best guy in the world to let somebody pass. Hey, let him pass because we're gonna have these little dinky points that are gonna go to him. You know, whether or not he has a beef against him or not, there's this part of him too that goes. Everybody remembers that quote, you know, from from Ayrton Senna. It was like, if you're not, if you're not going for a gap that's there, you're not a racer anymore. And certainly, there's a weird thing to sure. I'll let you through like these weird charity points. You know, that I, I think that that probably would be. I mean, if you look at it like that, I mean, that whole freaking generation, Prost, uh, what's his name with the giant uh, hand, uh, mustache, uh, Mansell, right? Do you think Man- yeah. you think he would let a soul through? Like, none of those guys would. Schumacher, I don't think that that's uh, the way it worked, but maybe they did more often than I actually think that they did. No, I think you're right. I can't, I'm going through my head in recent, uh, you know, the past few decades champions. I don't think anybody does anything different than what Max did today. I think it's the fact that it played out on the radio afterwards that kind of caught everybody's right. attention. That's that right. I was like, yeah. oh, wait, he's got some kind of beef about something very specific that none of us know about that uh, caused him to do this. Had nothing been said over the radio and he just had finished, you know, four seconds ahead, then we'd probably have been like, oh, well, you know, Max is just competitive. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, super interesting. Uh, you know, Sergio is going into a contract year next year, and uh, Daniel Ricciardo is going to be, the you know, the new reserve driver at Red Bull. And so you got to think, like, oh, you know, hopefully they can – uh, get back to being buddies because otherwise, you know, Sergio's out and you know, basically they'll probably put in whoever Max says they want in there and it might be Daniel. Yeah, that won't because that's always been a very uh, friendly uh, situation too, right? Like, I know they get along and everything, but again, on the racetrack, these guys have a history, man. And so, I mean, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about how 
Remember when Max Verstappen comes up to Ocon? I think it was that. I think it was in that 2018 year when Ocon spun him. Uh, yeah. So it was the same exact way that he got that he um, got pinched down uh, by Hamilton today. Right. Yes. So, yeah. So so yeah. Back in that race, he pinched down on Ocon and then got pissed and went back in after the race and started a right shoving match. him right. <laughs> and you're like, dude. But you know, again. I don't know. Year over year, things change, and uh, I, there are guys that, that that can get away with a lot more on the grid versus others, and it's a really weird thing too because you look and you go, man, there are some guys who are just not competitive at all, and there are cars that are not competitive at all. I was I was happy for uh, for Gunter Steiner this weekend to have that moment. You know, it was a bummer that uh, K Mag was out pretty quick in that race, but overall, massive weekend, obviously. Hey, Max Verstappen's still up uh, by 139 points in the uh, championship race, so I think he's still got that <laughs> locked up. But now it's interesting because second place in the in the uh, in the drivers' championship, uh, Charles Leclerc 290, Checo Perez 290. They're going into these last, in these last races. All locked up, baby. All Racing up. for second. I mean, think how wild that is. Be both, both Leclerc and Perez were like, can you give me some extra points today from the teams? And the teams are like, yeah, sure. Or in Ferrari's case, they're like, will you settle down? If we were going to be thinking about the championship, we should have been doing it in September. So, <laughs> like, we should have figured our crap out in, uh, in September if we were going to do it. All right. Massive weekend, uh, Dan. Final thoughts on, uh, on this one and then going into the last uh, couple weekends of the, of the season here. Uh, I just wish Brazil was the last race every year. I I love the drama of this place. Abu Dhabi, yeah, it was dramatic last year, but most of the time it's you know not uh, a ton of passing, at least and not like Brazil. But uh, I am interested to uh, watch this fight for second in the driver standings, and then on the uh, constructor standings, you've got uh, I think 19 points between both Ferrari and Mercedes, and then Al- Alpine and McLaren. So I think that'll you know be interesting to watch. That's money, you know, that's big prize money that's uh, up for stake there on the construction standings. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be uh, an entertaining um, race and send us off into the uh, off season with lots to think about. Hopefully, dreams of a, of a much more competitive year. It's kind of a, it is kind of a weird thing when you go, hey, awesome race in Brazil. We were basically in the Americas for the last uh, three races. Hey, let's go take an 18-hour flight over to Abu Dhabi, and then we'll really wrap things up. It's just like this one-off yeah, weird. weird race at the end of the year. I get it because they probably paid some premium to be the last race of the year, so that they could get uh, you know finishes like they had. But I think is there like another technical reason why they keep everything kind of right there? Do they end up doing uh, any testing like right there, right after everything is done, or why is it that they have they, this thing kind of end right there? Yeah, at least last year they did. They rolled straight into off-season testing. Um, the next week, but I don't know why you, you know couldn't do that at Brazil. I mean, it's uh, kind of up to F1 and Pirelli exactly what they want to do. But um, yeah, I, I'm with you. They probably just uh, you know offered up the most money to have uh, that last uh, coveted last race spot. It's uh, it's gonna be an interesting one. I'm still looking forward to how this thing's gonna end up. So uh, hey, that means the last few like full on episodes that have uh, race breakdowns too. Uh, and uh, in our in our previews as well. So, um, Dan, we'll catch you next week, man. Thanks for uh, hanging out. We'll drop an episode midweek here, and we'll uh, we'll get we'll jump into some more F one stuff. And so, really appreciate you joining me here, man, and doing the uh, race breakdown on a Sunday night. Sounds great. All right, uh, for Dan, I'm Alex. Mode Push Podcast. Share it, like it, subscribe, tell a friend, teach a neighbor that uh, F one is not something to be afraid of. You can love it, even in your American sport loving household. We'll see you next time, everybody.